So I want you to look in your Bibles very quickly at Daniel, the third chapter. Because the Lord spoke to me, and I need to warn you because I'll get kind of weepy, but I brought some chairs up today to remind you who he is, that he has not stepped off the throne. He has not abdicated his power. He has not put bankruptcy on the signs of heaven. He is God. So this entire service, I'm going to preach a message simply titled, I'm about to brag. Because it's time to change the way we think. The Lord spoke to me. He said, Pat, I've always asked you to be a stagehand. I've always asked you to just open the curtain and let my glory shine. If they can see you, they cannot see me. The day of celebrity Christianity is over. He's raising up the oops, the accidents, and the nobodies. The messed up ones. And let me stop and say this. I love you. Nothing like seeing your son. <laughs> By the way, if, if any more checks come, um, you know the house address. Yes, you said it. Nothing like your kids giving you money. What? I'm like, well. But the Lord spoke to me. He said, you know, I've told you for years, whether it's five people or 5,000 people, just go up and open the curtain and get out of my way. Because God doesn't care about your ministry. He cares about his name. And I am learning that when God begins to use you, when he begins to take you to another level, you have to die a lot. He crushes you like an olive to get the anointing all out of you. You begin to walk through some things. The greater the anointing, the greater the isolation. You're never going to get anointed until you get forgotten. And so last Saturday morning I was praying. And he said, when do I do miracles in your services, in, in the services? And I said, Lord, when I talk about you, he said, exactly. I never do miracles when you talk about you. He said, I want you to take 35 minutes and brag on me. And if you will, son, if you'll brag on me for 35 minutes, I'll do miracles in the service. All through God's word, every time he did miracles, it had nothing to do with the people. It had to do with him. It's when David walked out to Goliath and said, I don't come against you with sword and spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. It's when he looked at Joshua and said, for tomorrow you'll do great, do great exploits in my name. Now listen, we're living in a very intense time where truth is a new hate speech and the enemy of truth is silence. And you need to know that we are going to be attacked for what we believe in. But he said, if you'll just change the narrative today, if you'll just brag on me for a few minutes, I want to restore hope in the house. Somebody give my God a praise. So I probably come to speak one of the most different messages I've ever heard. In fact, someone might even say it's shallow, but I'd rather call it hollow be thy name. Are you with me so far? Because I'm reminded in the book of Daniel when there was an evil king who sat on a seven mile wide throne by the name of Nebuchadnezzar, one of the most evil men that ever lived, and I'll tell more about him later. But there were, during the midst of this time, God raised up a small remnant, a group that would not bow, a group that said, I will stand regardless and I will praise. And the Bible says in Daniel chapter 3 verse 17, are you with me? He said, if we're thrown into the blazing furnace... The God we serve, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said this, is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us. But if not, you better get your but if not praise. There comes a moment in your life where you say it don't matter if you do anything else. Because regardless, but if not, I'm still going to praise you. I'm still going to lift you up. Oh, you better get ready because today is the day your house changes. Today is the day your body changes. Today, oh, you better get excited, church. 
what if not? Pastor Berto said many years ago, and I put it in all my books, and I no longer give him any credit for it, but he said, sitting Christians hatch hypocrites. But if not, we want you to know your majesty that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. He told me for this Sunday morning, he said, Pat, if you will brag on me, I will do miracles. Psalms 24, verse 7. Lift up your head, O your gates, and be lifted up your ancient doors that the king of glory might come in. Let me get a little bit more intense with you. Are you ready? Because the Bible says in Psalms, the 34th chapter, I will bless him at all times. Not when I feel like it. Not when my body says to do it. Not when I get hyped up by the preacher. Not when I show up on Sundays or Wednesdays or whenever. I will bless him at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. The humble and downtrodden will hear and rejoice. Oh, magnify. That means you got to take off your regular glasses and see him through the eyes he created magnify him he's bigger than you think oh magnify the lord with me and let us lift up his name together what are you what are you talking about in fact he said set up three chairs because i don't know about you there are times in my walk where i need to go sit and get ministered to by the holy ghost and get endued with fire there's other days where i need to crawl up in papa's lap and say dad I'm tired there's other days where I need redemption and the love that draws me to goodness I wish you'd get excited see you need to understand I do believe that when we get to heaven our lifestyle shouldn't change and I want to get to heaven with nothing left to do and the Bible says that they're screaming, holy, 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 not maybe, maybe, maybe. Not what if, what if, what if, what if. See, the Bible speaks of keys. God will periodically give you the keys. I was having a, a prayer timer recently, and I saw a vision of the Lord. I saw him withholding darkness from America, and he said, I will, bring my, I will pour out my spirit before this is released. You need to know I'm going to raise up the remnant. But then I saw a vision of him standing in front of a bunch of giant doors, small doors, big doors. It doesn't matter because small hinges can carry big doors and small doors. It's the hinges that do it. And you got to understand, I'm standing there, I'm praying, and I see a belt around the waist of Jesus with all these keys and he said Pat figure out what keys fit for each door and the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6 have you ever lost your keys church remember when Pastor Nate was little we were visiting my in-laws down in Florida and we were with Heaven's Gates House Flames at the time and, and, and our keys and Nate was about a year year and a month old and, and it was Christmas time and you know when they're really young like that you just kind of wrap up pots and pans and say hey, Merry Christmas and and uh, it's kind of like when you're really, really poor, you take your kids through a car wash and say, welcome to Disney. <laughs> Amen. Y'all don't do that. Especially when they got the color soap and you're like, welcome to Pirates of Caribbean. Caribbean. But Pastor Nate had decided for some reason to get a hold of our keys and he hid them behind the refrigerator. And we spent all day looking for the keys until finally at the end of the day, my beautiful mother in love decided to pull the refrigerator out and there's the keys after I'd already paid a locksmith to tell me my keys weren't in the car. And you gotta understand, I sometimes think we're getting ready to go on journeys without the keys because our kids keep hiding them. 
That's what the Father says. But I believe that the Lord has given me a key to the breakthrough. In fact, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, I will give you the keys. That word is kles in the Greek. It means power and authority. I will give you the power and authority of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. See, I've come to preach a word this morning. He said for me to brag on him. He said, if you'll brag on me, I'll do miracles. I'm reminded of a great preacher by the name of S.M. Lockridge. He pastored at Calvary Baptist Church in San Diego. He died in 2000, but he preached a powerful message. I just want to show you a little clip of that to maybe get it stirred up in the atmosphere of what God's trying to say, because he's doing this right now in heaven, this great old preacher. Would you watch this video and get ready, because I'm about to brag. Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's a king of Israel. He's a king of righteousness. He's a king of the ages. He's a king of heaven. He's a king of glory. He's a king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent and he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. I wish I could describe him, for yet he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. Well, you can't get him out of your mind. You see, you can't get him off of your head. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. 
me if you'll brag on me for 35 minutes I'll heal bodies in this house I'll fix their marriage I'll heal their children I'll restore somebody give my God a shout from the corner of the balcony to the floor I feel him I've preached for something like 30 years and never preached nothing like this. He said, son, brag on me. Nobody's bragging on me. Nobody's bragging on me. Nobody's telling me who I am. He said, change, change the language of the church. Tell him who I am. Give my God a shout. See, what you must understand, you may be seated for just a moment. We must behold him again. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 that when we see him, we are changed. Not when you see Pat. Not when you see a great speaker, some community. When you see, not when you read another book by it today. See, you got to understand. Have you seen him? Throwing your hands up to surrender is not weakness, but called adoration. When you get to heaven, he will not go through your resume because you will not have an opportunity to share it. You will be provoked from your belly to scream, holy, holy, holy. It will be so different than the way we do things today in our celebrity-driven culture of Christianity where we roll the red carpet out for the person that's got the most followers on Twitters and not followers at the cross in a selfie generation where we say, look at me, it's Sunday morning, look how good I look. And he's screaming, why don't you look at me? And now you'll see how you don't look that good because I'll change you. See, you got to understand, have you seen him lately? What you behold, you become. He told me to change the narrative. He said, tell my church to brag on me. I told my wife when God's birthed this in me a week ago, I looked at her and I said, for the next six months, I will not complain. I will not whine. I'm going to brag. I'm going to brag on him. 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 He said for me to brag on him. See, you got to understand the Bible. Look what it says in Psalms. It says this, praise the Lord, oh my soul, my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles the lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed can i say something to you i'm so tired of going overseas to see miracles i was just in singapore three weeks ago we saw signs and wonders and outpourings and i've asked myself why do i have to go overseas to see miracles or maybe it's because in some of the places it's absolutely illegal to, to even preach the gospel but i see miracle after miracle after miracle i just recently heard about in china where there's five apostolic fathers that are over the house church where one million are being saved today in china that's where my daughter came from you got to understand five apostolic fathers they're getting up in age now so they're they've raised up spiritual sons underneath them recently one of the spiritual 
spiritual sons who's about to take over for one of the apostolic fathers was taken and arrested for preaching the gospel. He was put in an all-male prison, a giant open courtyard where the only thing there is a hole in the ground. And you just lay down at night and go to sleep on the concrete. And when he got to the prison, the guards said to the prisoners, when he goes to sleep tonight, kill him. So throughout the day, as the, the young apostolic father that's being raised up was walking through the yard, they kept whispering, we're going to kill you tonight. We're going to kill you tonight. We're going to kill you tonight. And so that night, he laid down in bed and he said, oh God of Israel, may I see you tonight. He shuts his eyes. His body begins to glow like a a giant bright light instantly the entire prison that had planned on killing him fell on their knees and began to repent and revival broke out come on church this just happened several months ago so I've asked myself, I said, God, why are we not seeing miracles in the church? And maybe, maybe God would rather move into an illegal house church where death is imminent for the worshiper caught praising than into a government-sanctioned legal house of worship where he is confined to the intellect of a church growth conference, a clock of sustainable growth, an altarless service, a song service to arouse the bride and not the groom, a prepackaged humanistic message, and the never-ending consumerism of powerless church with plastic feet. And the reason that we have not seen the Lord of the harvest because it's been about our harvest. Could it be that our posture has to change towards Papa? Because I love what it says in Romans chapter 8 verse 15. This resurrection life that you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a child like, what's next, Papa? Oh, he shifted me. He shifted me. He said, if you'll brag about me for the next 35 minutes, I'll do miracles. And what you got to understand is God is using the braggers. You know, when we first go into ministry, uh, you know, the best way to know you're called to preach is you wake up thinking about it and go to bed thinking about it. And everything that happens to you would be a great sermon illustration. And if you ignore it, you're going to be a mean board member. <laughs> Sorry. But when you first go into ministry and God gets a hold of you, you tell everyone how he's going to use you. And once you're in ministry for several years or many years and you're in the middle of that, you tell everyone how he's using you. But then something shifts. Well, you dare not utter your own name anymore. You just simply say, look what he's doing. But you see, God is using the braggers. You have to understand, if we're not careful, our church services will be built around reminding each other who we are instead of who he is. For fear that if we say who he is, we'll forget who we are. But you need to understand, if we still have to convince you to take up the cross, you've never picked it up. And you need to understand, if we continually have to remind each other to take up the cross and follow him, then we've yet to leave Golgotha because we're still wrestling in the Garden of Betrayal. And you've got to understand, have we forgot him? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that he makes all things new. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, I'm new. I'm new. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 20 that I am his ambassador, him making his appeal through us. Do they see Jesus when they talk to you? 
when the Lord gave me this third book, Unqualified, because it's something I wrestled with for so many years. When he said, I want you to write your heart this time, I said, Lord, I can't do it. He said, I want you to tell him about when you danced in the battlefield of Gettysburg, because I told you to get up early one morning and go dance where others have died so I could break depression and fear off of you. I said, Lord, I can't do it. So when I'm writing this book, I would sit in my prayer room at home. Nate, you know where that room is, where I would go and just cry and weep before the Lord. And he began to burn in me, and, the, and he said, I'm going to use the unqualified pad. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. It says, take a good look, friends, at who you were when you got called into this life. I don't see many of the brightest and the best among you, not many influential and, uh, or from high society families. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that culture overlooks, exploits, and abuses, chose the nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebody? But God is using the braggers because then if you'll just go a little bit farther in the verse, you'll find out why God uses these people. It has nothing to do with them. Look what it says in verse 29. So that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us a wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. Somebody brag across this room right now. It's Psalms 145, verse 6. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim you. He said to me, brag on me today. We got to change the narrative. Because when you brag on God, it suddenly replaces your flesh man with a spirit man that's been dying to get out. And when there is less of your issue and more of his glory, then suddenly the scenery changes. I, I know what that's like because I remember last year, just over a year ago, when you had spinal surgery, son, and they put those 16-inch rods down your back and they were wheeling you away and the doctor says to us he could die or come out paralyzed. And I walked out into the, the lobby and I'm just overwhelmed with fear and the Lord suddenly says to me, dance before me now I am so white he says for me to dance and I said Lord I'm so white now when I get to heaven I will be black and all you black folks when you get to heaven you're going to be white deal with some of that talking about you'll be trying to dance you're like what's wrong and so all of a sudden the spirit of the Lord says dance before me and I said Lord I can't do that but there comes a moment and where he's, I begin to dance in the lobby of Baylor Hospital because there comes a moment where you got to change the narrative. You got to change the equation. You got to remember who he is. You got to remember what he's done. You got to remember what he's doing. There comes a moment where you drop down and say, I need you to get me through this because I am being pushed. Somebody give him a shout. I'm about to brag. He told me to brag today. There's mamas going to get their babies back. There's families are going to be healed. Marriage is going to be healed. There's people in this room that all hell has been coming against you, but you don't know who's in the room with you. You forgot what he said he would do. He hasn't stepped off a throne. He hasn't advocated to man. He doesn't bow to the Supreme Court or any court. He is God. Oh, I'm about to brag. Let me brag on him for a second because he said if I bragged on him and remember the altars are open. If at any point you decide to come down here, beware. You'll leave with half of you. 
Because he's awesome, majestic, mighty, all-powerful, all-encompassing, all-knowing, all-seeing, compassionate, supernatural, all-loving, fiercely jealous, without excuse, mind-altering, heart-rendering, soul-purchasing, spirit-reviving, bondage-breaking, peace-empowering, covenant-creating, soul-purchasing. Heaven is his throne, earth is his footstool. Satan crushing, bride washing, dominion releasing the I am that I am. And when you add I-N-G to it, you make the verb come alive. So he's moving, living, conquering, enabling, transforming God. And then sometimes you got to add Ed to it. You got to invite Ed to the house. I wish I could go to some churches that had some Ed in it. What is Ed? It is the participle adjective indicating a condition or quality resulting from the action of a verb. In other words, it comes at the end of what he's already done. Oh, you ain't getting this. I need, we need Ed. Anybody got an Uncle Ed? You need Ed back in your house. What is Ed? We need Ed to visit our churches and homes. What are you talking about? He is vindicated. He is transformed. He invented me. He rescued me. He restored me. He secured me. He delivered me. Put me in a church that has a visitor named Ed. What are you talking about, Pat? The days ahead will require a new level of worship. You can't operate the way you used to. You better realize things are shifting. One minute you're praising, the next minute as a gunman's going to look at you and say, who do you serve? And in Psalms 150 verse 1, it says, praise the Lord. Oh, I wish you'd shout with me. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him. <laughs> Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpets. Praise him with a harp lyre. Praise him with a cymbal and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pride. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That doesn't just mean, gentlemen, everything with breast. I need some men in here that'll get their praise on for their family, that'll walk the perimeter of their yard. I need some men that'll walk into their children's bedroom and say, devil, get out. I need some women in here to rise up with some mama faith to say, you get your hands off my children. Get your hands off my fire. Oh, I wish you'd shout. I've been in a very intense journey where I've gotten out of the mirror of self-depreciation to look out the window of the harvest. He says, if you'll praise me, I'll do it. And we're almost done. But God told me to come and tell you the cross has not shifted. In fact, Jesus said it. In John chapter 12, verse 32, now is the time for judgment on the world, and the prince of this world will be driven out. But verse 32, he said, now if I be lifted up, I'll draw your babies back to me. If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men. He said, raise me up on a stick. Put me on a cross. I'll be your banner over you with love. I'm your Jehovah Nisi. Oh, praise him. He told me to come and tell the house Modesto, get your eyes back on him. But Pat, you don't understand. Culture is going crazy. What was wrong is now right. What is right is now wrong. Pat, you don't understand. We're being attacked from every side. Truth is a new hate speech, Pat. People are using scriptures against us, Pat. People are making up and twisting things, and we're living in a very dark time. And, and political correctness has led to the worship of three days of a pope instead of realizing he's my high priest. 
perjury in the court of public opinion can take place when relevant truth is challenged by absolute truth and we're living in a dark time and you say but Pat, Pat we're living in such an intense time right now hey, listen to me church it's even happening in the church we've got fear mongers running around talking about all the different stuff and I get it I understand the changing of the seasons the times the moons all that stuff we're listening to the four blood moons we're listening to the Shemitah we've had people say that ISIS is the rise of the eighth kingdom of revelation and out of that they, they don't even realize you got to have the seventh kingdom first rise up hello friends and then you got to have the ten kings come out of that I mean it's just a little uh, yeah it's just a little end time stuff there and then all of a sudden I was sitting on a plane flying here a few days ago I'm sitting next to my sweetheart and and all of a sudden this movie pops up and I'm working on some stuff and there's a man on a plane and there's like nuclear bombs going off and I thought dear God is this Christian television and then I realized it was Terminator Genesis And the Lord said to me, brag on me. He said, brag. Oh. You're not getting this. You ain't getting this. You ain't getting this. He's been covering me lately. He's been securing me. He's been fixing me. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him for real. I hear depression walking out of this room, loneliness, fear, doubt. I hear it, oppression getting out of this place. Some. But I've been facing trials, and good, you just lined up with God's word. First Peter 4, verse 12, dear friends, don't be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when glory is revealed. So if you are going through a little bit of hell right now, you just became a prime candidate for glory. And the enemy's goal is to get you to worry. But Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, don't you worry about tomorrow. Focus on today. I'm doing something right now that will blow your mind. I was on a phone call recently with Sid Roth. Sid is a good friend, and we were getting ready for an interview. It was about several weeks ago. I was here in California, and, and I'm on the phone telling him all the negative stuff going on in America. I said, Sid, we got to fight, man. We was getting ready for this episode that we're about to do for the Unqualified book, and, and all of a sudden, he just stops me and interrupts me. This 74-year-old giant of the faith interrupts me. He says, Pat, Pat. I said, yes, sir. He said, the gospel is still the good news. And we must realize it's time to rise and shine. It's Isaiah 60, verse 1. Look what it says right here. Arise and shine, for your light has come. <laughs> and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you all assemble and come to you. Your sons, come on now, prophesy. Your sons, come on now, prophesy. Just heard it over here. Somebody's baby's coming home. Your sons come from afar. Your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy 
The wealth on the seas will be brought to you too. To you, the riches of the nations will come. I'll close, I'll close, I'll close. Cry out, come on, cry out. Somebody worship him, somebody worship him. Somebody worship him. He told me to tell you to worship. He told me to brag on him. Somebody brag, lift your hands up, brag, 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 brag. So let me talk about the fourth man in the fire and I'll be done. I feel like Rocky. I don't remember if it was number six, 12, or 14 of Rocky. He had the Russian up against the ropes and just threw him there and he went, you ain't that bad. That's what I feel like to the enemy. You've been beating me down, talking trash to me, whispering in my ear, telling me that we can't win a nation, telling me we can't launch I Am Remnant Crusades, telling me the money won't be there, nobody will show up. I've come to tell the enemy, oh! You better preach, Gary. Here is Nebuchadnezzar. He's taking over the world. He's spreading like a virus. His throne is seven miles wide. He's the most evil man that's ever lived. Every nation he goes into, he takes the best of the best, the best singers, the best looking. Obviously, I would have been taken. He brings all the people into Babylonia, and all of a sudden, he sets up a temple to Baal, which means Lord of the Dung Flies. In that temple, every nation that he has sacked, he puts their gods in there that he's sacked from the other nations in hope that their gods would do something. Every day, they would strangle animals and present them to the idols to see if the idols would do anything, but nothing would happen, so they would take the meat, cut it up, and sell it to the officials of the land. That's why Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to eat anything offered to idols, because if you read John, or excuse me, Revelation written by John, you'll realize that when you eat anything sacrificed to idols, you have a Jezebel spirit. You serve the world, and you serve God, too. That means if you go watch garbage on television that brings praise to this world, you are operating by a demonic spirit because righteousness is all through his word and righteousness means my character doesn't change when your mood does but what you have to understand if you want to really live in peace today peace is the absence of condemnation you got to make up your mind I'm not living in the world I'm not being a part of the world I'm not looking at the world I will bless the Lord So suddenly he brings all the people together, and when he realizes the idols aren't going to do anything, Nebuchadnezzar gets ticked off. So the Bible says in Daniel chapter 3, he decides to build an idol unto himself. Are you getting this so far? He builds an idol, and they proclaim across the land, everyone must bow down to the idol, or you're going to be thrown into a fiery furnace. But how many of you know in the darkest moments, God raises up a remnant? I'm challenging you, it's coming to a neighborhood near you. In Daniel chapter 3, they found out that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not bow down. They refused, they refused, they refused. And the Bible says in verse 15, the Bible tells us, he looks at him and he says, now listen, when you hear the musical instruments, you better bow down or you're going to a fiery furnace and only your God can rescue you. So they throw them in the fire. I will make them bow. 
When we wish to bend something that is hard and unyielding, what do we do with it? We put it into the fire. Burn them! What? No! The anguish of the grave consumes me. Do not ignore my tears. I'm overcome by sorrow. I call upon the name of the Lord! Lord, save me! And suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar says, I see what looks like the Son of God. And then God did a little bit further, dropped the mic. He dropped the mic. Because then Nebuchadnezzar looks around and says, I'm elevating you to chief officials. And if anyone speaks against your God, I will put them in the fire. He was an angry man. But the Lord told me to come and tell you, and I'm done who the fourth man is. Can I tell you about the fourth man? In Genesis, he's the seed of the woman. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's my high priest. In Numbers, he's the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. We got to get him back to the front of what we're doing. Oh, in Leviticus, he's, in Exodus, he's the Passover land. Here we go. In Deuteronomy, he's the prophets like unto Moses. Oh, you better get excited. In Joshua, he's the captain of my salvation. In Judges, he is our judge and lawgiver. In Ruth, he's my kinsman redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he's my trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he's our reigning king. In Ezra, he's my faithful scribe. <laughs> in Nehemiah, he is the rebuilder of the broken down walls of human life. In he is my Mordecai. Oh, in Job, he's the day spring from on high, our ever-leaving Redeemer. In Psalms, he's the Lord, my shepherd. In Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, he's wisdom. Oh, in the Song of Solomon, he's our lover and bridegroom. In Isaiah, he's the Prince of Peace. In Jeremiah, the righteous branch. In Lamentations, the weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, the wonderful four-faced man. In Daniel, he's the fourth man in my fire. In Hosea, he's the faithful husband, forever married to the backslider. In Joel, he's the baptizer with the Holy Ghost and fire. In Amos, he's our burden reed bearer. In Obadiah, he's the mighty to save. In Jonah, he's my great missionary. In Micah, he's the messenger of beautiful feet carrying the gospel. In Nahum, the avenger of God's elect. In Habakkuk, he is God's evangelist crying, revive thy work in the midst of your years. In Zephaniah, he is the savior that sings songs over me. Forgive me. And Haggai, he's the restorer of God's lost heritage. And Zechariah, he's the fountain opened in the house of David for sinning and cleanliness. And Malachi, he's the son of righteousness with rising with healing in his wings. Who's the fourth man? In Matthew, he's the Messiah. In Mark, he's the wonder worker. In Luke, he's the son of man. In John, he's the son of God. And in Acts, 
the Holy Ghost fire! In Romans, he's my justifier. Corinthians, he's the gifts of the Spirit. Galatians, the Redeemer from the curse of the law. In Ephesians, he's the Christ, unreachable riches. In Philippians, he's the God who supplies my needs. In Colossians, he's the Godhead bodily. In First and Second Thessalonians, he's our soon coming King. <laughs> First and Second Timothy, he's my mediator between God and man. In Titus, he's my pastor. In Philemon, he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. In Hebrews, he's the blood covenant of everlasting. Oh, the everlasting covenant, James. He's the great physician in First and Second Peter, the chief shepherd who will appear with a crown of unfading glory in First and Second John. He is everlasting love. In Jude, he's the Lord coming with ten thousands of his saints. And in Revelation, he's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Let me show you what the Jews say about him, the Hebrew. He is Adonai, Jehovah, Sovereign God, Elohim, the Lord Most High, Elam, the Everlasting God, El Shaddai, the God who is sufficient, Jehovah, Elohim, the Eternal Creator, Jehovah, Jireh, my provider, Jehovah, Nisi, my banner. Jehovah Rafika, the Lord our healer. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. Jehovah Seginu, the Lord our righteousness. Jehovah Mekadishkim, the Lord our sanctifier. Jehovah, Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of our host. Jehovah Shama, right here in this house, right here all over this place. Jehovah Rohi, the Lord our shepherd. Hasanu, the, the Lord our maker. Jehovah Elohenu, the Lord our God. Do you know him? Do you know him? He said, if I bragged on him, that'd be it. Do you know him? 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 Stadium! Do you know it? I wrote this message in two hours last Saturday morning, sitting in a hotel in Phoenix, weeping, saying, I know you. I know you. I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which has been committed to him against that day. Do you know it? Because if you'll get to know him, it'll change your family. If you'll spend the next six months praising instead of complaining. Do you know him? Do you know him? 
Lift your hands and give him adoration across his house. Begin to cry out to him. Do you know him? Do you know him? He's calling out to you. Do you really know him? He can fix your family. He can fix your finances. He can fix your mind. He can fix your emotions. Because the day is coming. To those that overcome, you get to sit beside him. Say, I made it. 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 He told me to brag on him. I did what you told me, Father. We're good. Worthy is the Lamb. They're not saying maybe, maybe, maybe in heaven. They're saying holy, holy, holy. Separate from the world is what that means. Holy means separate. Go ahead. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. Wave the white flag. Because you have the power. For my garments can be filthy, but you can make them white as snow. I know I got to give an altar call and your feet are going to want to leave in a moment but don't you dare do it you'll miss your breakthrough balcony I'm talking to you God's about to blow your mind louder All that I do for you comes with one little requirement. Then when he knit you together and breathed breath into you and said, live, you're not illegitimate. There's no such thing as an illegitimate child, just illegitimate parents. 
when he started knitting you together, he said, I need to, re and he sewed you up and said, I'm about to give you to the world. You got to push now. I got to push you out. All I'm asking is that someday you'll restore the breath back to me that I gave to you. With your life, you'll praise me. All I want is you. when he gets you it changes the world so from the balcony to the floor would you give me just a moment and shut your eyes because I feel like the spirit of the Lord is hovering in front of you he's breathing upon you he is saying I'm not done with you I'm going to use you I'm going to anoint you I'm going to change you. So if you're not standing, if you physically can, please do. But with every eye shut, would you raise one hand and say, I, a little bit louder, I, raise the other hand and surrender. Now he's in front of you. Put your hands down every eye shut because he's been moving he's done the work but now he's in front of you and there are people in this room that are so sick of feeling dirty so sick of feeling gross life is beating you down and you've been through enough hell you could write some books but all over this room, God is saying, I'm calling out to you. And I had this preacher preach about me so you'd wake up. So that you too can brag about me and the miracles I'm about to do. So with your eyes shut across this place, there are people from the balcony to the floor that need to get free right now. You need to sin out of your life. You need God to transform you and break condemnation of years off of you. God is calling you as a loving father. It's his goodness that draws you, and I will not beg you, manipulate you, or mock you. I will simply ask one time, but the Spirit of the Lord is moving so strongly across this room. If you've never accepted him or you need to restore your relationship with God, he is right in front of you asking a giant question. Am I enough? I just told you he was. I just bragged on him, and he's saying, am I enough? Will you trust me with you? He said, I trusted you with my son. So across this room, from the balcony to the floor, I'm asking once. That's all I'm asking. Because I will have did what he sent me to do. But if you need Jesus Christ to save and redeem you, raise your hand now. Now. Higher. You need sin out of your life. You've walked away. Raise your hand higher. Come on, balcony. Come on, dad. Come on, dad. Come on, mom. Come on, teenager. If you just raise your hand, it will wait on you because you're that important. Walk to the front right now. Come on. 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 Hands went up. Hands went up. Come on. Come on down. You guys stay down here. You're fine. Come on. Come on. You raise your hand. Oh, we say, worthy is the last. Come on, balcony. We're waiting on you. 
said if they'll walk down as they're walking down they're going to hear chains fall off addictions fears hurt you've been hurt so bad you've been touched wrong all that stuff he said I'll fix you right now I'm going to do something I did not plan on doing but I'm going to ask you to do this I want you to look at the person beside you and even if they're a believer if you've known them for years even if it's your spouse come on Come on, especially men. It takes a man to do something like this. There's no wimps in this room. There's men that are going. As for me and my house, we serve the Lord. But listen, I want you to look to the person on the right and left and say, are you okay? Because if you're not, I want to walk down with you. I don't normally do this. I never do this. But the Holy Spirit just told me to do it. Because there's some people that will come down if others will walk with them. From the, and I wasn't going to do this, please. I, I told you I wasn't. But, but now i got to do it. The Holy, I want you to look at the person on your right and left. And I want you to say, are you okay? If they say no, say, I'll walk down with you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, balcony. You okay? Please let me walk down with you. This is your moment. I hear a grandmother getting saved in my spirit. I don't know where you are, grandmother, but... Come on, there's more, there's more, there's more. We'll wait on you. And we're not done. We're not done. I know what time it is. I'll close in the next two minutes, I promise. All over the house, raise your hands. Say, Jesus, help me. Hold on, no music, no music. He's in front of you. He's breathing on you. Say, you are the Lord. I believe it. You are the Lord. I give you me. Forgive me. Restore me. Change me. Jesus, I accept you. You Sit on the throne of my life. Change me. Wash me. Uh-oh, 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 Here comes the next part. You're going to say this next part, and the Holy Ghost is going to hit the room. I need to tell you that some of you are going to get healed over the next few minutes. Some of you are going to have the Holy Spirit rise up out of you in other tongues. So say this last thing from the balcony of the floor. Say, Jesus, I relinquish my rights. Fill me with fire from on high right now. Pray in the Holy Ghost all over the room. Pray in the Holy Ghost. 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 He'll baptize you with a language between you and him. <laughs> this is when he steps up. Cry out to God from the balcony to the floor. Say, God, fix my family. Fix my home. Fix 
business. Fix my finances. Heal my body. Now here's what you got to do in return. All over the house, begin to brag on him. I need, hold on, no music. Somebody start bragging. Somebody start bragging. Somebody brag right now. Come on. Come on, stadium. Brag about God. Brag, brag, brag. Brag. Let your kids hear you brag. Come here, Nate. Come here, son. Come here. Brag, brag. Nate, my God is so big. He gave us your sister all the way from China. My God is so big. He anointed my son. To t- I'm waiting on you to brag. I'm waiting. I'm bragging. I'm bragging. I'm bragging. I'm bragging. I'm bragging. I'm bragging. My God is so big. He gave me my grandson, Jack, my daughter in love, Adrian. He gave me a son to the nations. I can't hear y'all bragging. Brag with your instruments. Brag. Just start bragging. Brag. Whatever you want to do, do it. Brag with your instruments. That's what the Bible says. I will bless the Lord at all times. I got to hear you scream. Let me hear somebody scream. You're going to feel the power of God. Enough said. Moses said, who shall I tell Pharaoh sent me? He said, just tell him. What? I am that I am. Give him a praise. I'm done. Anybody want to brag? You want to brag? Brag. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Anybody want to brag? Anybody want to brag? Brag. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody want to brag? You want to brag? Brag. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else want to brag? The father of the fatherless. What? The father of the... What? The father of the... Say, I'm healed. I'm delivered. One more time. Because worthy is the Lamb seated on the throne. Sing it out. Oh, yeah. Can't wait to meet you in the back. We're going to sign books afterward. Sign up for RaiseTheRenda.com. Pastor Nate. Louder! 